morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber Blabber Podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to another episode of the show. Yesterday was the official trade deadline in the National Basketball Association. We saw plenty of moves, actually more moves than I than I think I had thought would happen because you always get your hopes up as an NBA fan. If your team's not really vying for playoff seeding or anything like that, you're cheering for other teams to make moves just just for the heck of of, of seeing trades happen and go down and seeing players and new teams and, and things like that. We all know how we get in this time of year. And honestly, it's probably like that the entire season where you just want to see trades, where you want to see blockbuster deals, where superstars are going to new teams, kind of like we saw ahead of the season with, Dame Lillard going to the Milwaukee Bucks. And then we saw James Harden go to the Los Angeles Clippers and a bunch of other deals. But this is kind of the last day to make that happen unless you're a player that gets waived and then you sign with a new team. But this was yesterday was the last day to kind of make official trades for this season. And it all started off with I want to say a big bang. Buddy Heald to the Philadelphia 76ers for Marcus Morris, uh, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round draft picks. Marcus Morris was later rerouted to San Antonio Spurs, and I think he is getting waived, and uh, Korkmaz was also waived. Uh, So Buddy Heald's an interesting player. Um, He's kind of been rumored to be leaving the Indiana Pacers for probably three or four seasons now. We've heard Lakers for probably those three three or four seasons as a destination for Buddy Heald. And if you remember the 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 trade ideas that were put forth about two seasons ago, and I think even last season, it was centered around Miles Turner and Buddy Heald to the Los Angeles Lakers for, you know, a package deal of picks and players and things like that. So the fact that he went for essentially nothing in this case, I mean, three second-round picks is pretty much what, what the Indiana Pacers get out of it. Uh, just shows you, one, his his minutes have gone down this season, and two, teams seem kind of reluctant to do business with the Los Angeles Lakers, which I don't think is even a conspiracy anymore. I actually believe that. The teams really, if the Lakers want someone, teams are willing to ask for a lot more than if they were to trade that player elsewhere. It just feels like that. I could be wrong. But I remember even with DeJounte Murray, it was like Rui Hachimura and Austin Reeves for for DeJounte Murray almost, that type of deal. So, yeah, I mean, they got an excellent three-point shooter. I think the 76ers are somewhere 19th in three-point shooting. Uh, Buddy Heald has actually had a bit of an offseason in terms of three-point percentage. I think he's around 37 38%. He's usually, usually around that 40 41% clip. So... And again, I think that's some of that is to do with his minutes being a little bit down this season. And Indiana is a team that just takes a lot of three points, three point shots, right? Like they just, I think they're number one in pace or top three in pace um, with Halliburton. And now they have Siakam and Miles Turner. And it's a team that's going to gonna cause some serious problems for, for other teams uh, in the NBA. And I think that they did a... Um, did a good thing by by trading Buddy Heald, and then this this is going to give some of their younger players, I think, a little bit more of a role, like Matherin and um, Shepard, who they drafted this past 
um, draft. So those guys are going to get more minutes. It's going to open up more shots for guys like Halliburton, for Siakam, for um, Turner. So uh, I think it was it was time for them to kind of part ways with Buddy Heald. And, and like I said, they get Marcus Morris, who they rerouted, and Corkmaz, I believe, has been waived. So it's pretty much those three draft picks that they have uh, to kind of look forward to. With the 76ers, Embiid being out is is a huge blow for them because he was having an MVP season. And I think if the season ended, you know, like two weeks ago, he's by far the MVP of the league. He's in my opinion, he's just been outstanding this season and losing him, a superstar like him is a huge blow to them. They've been struggling without him. So they're going to need all hands on deck just to kind of um, keep the ship steady until, until he does get back. And that's probably in another three or four weeks. So it's, we're talking about a month out, right? And a lot can happen. They're only, I think they're 30 and 20 now. So they're only 10 games above 500 for a team that was close to our number one in the East at one point. It's a huge blow. And I think Buddy Heal does help him with, with a little bit of the scoring load there to help out Maxi And, and um, Tobias Harris has been excellent this season. So they have a, they have a solid squad. And this season is, is the season that they kind of all have to put it together um, and, and win a title or, or at least get to the finals. Uh, next trade. Toronto Raptors received Kelly Olynyk and um, uh, Oche Agbaji from the Utah Jazz. While well, Utah Jazz received Carol Lewis, uh, Otto Porter Jr. in a 2024 first-round draft pick. It's like the worst draft pick of OKC, the Clippers, and I can't remember what other team is involved in there. So it's the least of the 2024 first-round picks. Uh, Kelly Olynyk, Canadian kid, comes to Toronto. I'm excited for that. Agbaji is going to get a real chance to play with the Raptors. I think he's going to be in that rotation. Grady Dick's been up and down this season. He's been in the G League. So um, I think Agbaji is going to get a real chance to play. And I think Kelly Olynyk kind of solidifies um, the big man role because the Raptors really don't have plenty of big men on this team, right? So I, I think that the lineup, I think that he could actually, maybe Olynyk does start, whether that's with or without Jakob Pertl if if they go smaller. So I think that they could possibly um, start Kelly Olenek. And if they, even if they don't, he's a great guy to have off the bench. And he had a great summer for uh, for Canada in 2023. So a lot to look forward to. And I, like I said, Agbaji is a, is a guy that's going to have us, uh, could get serious minutes for the Raptors off the bench. Akira Lewis, I actually thought that when Raptors acquired him that he would get some minutes. He hasn't received any. Otto Porter Jr.'s been on the team for a number of seasons hasn't really had an impact um, we'll see if the Jazz do waive him or if they do keep him but he's a veteran player to have around uh, Oklahoma City Thunder received Gordon Hayward uh, the Charlotte Hornets received Trey Mann uh, Vasilya Micic and Davis Bertans Bertans so the OKC Thunder have the best young team in the league I don't think you can really debate that with They've done an excellent job of drafting and they've done an even better job of actually producing those players into becoming, into getting real minutes in the NBA and having real production and just, just producing at, at a very high level at, at the pro level. Um, adding Gordon Hayward gives them a leader and a veteran who's been in the playoffs before. And that's something that the team needs for sure. I think every team, no matter how young you are, you still have to have a mix of veteran players who do have playoff experience going forward to kind of keep the nerves down for the younger kids, if you want to call it that. 
and what what his role for this team will be, I don't know. Um, I assume that he's going to come off the bench, which is a good role for him. He's in the last year of his contract, so this was this was excellent. This is an excellent move for OKC. I think that some contenders honestly could have, c- considering what the the um, OKC Thunder gave up. Like I was big on Trey Mann last year, and he had a he had a stretch of probably a month and a half to two months where he was excellent. And I think he's going to have a real chance with the Hornets. But OKC Thunder adding a veteran like like Gordon Hayward in his last year, I think is, is a great deal for them. And again, just to steady the ship a little bit. When the team does go maybe on a little bit of a, a losing streak, like three or four games, you have a veteran there who can kind of bring it all in together. And like I said, he's been a guy who's been in the playoffs numerous times. So you can just kind of steady the ship a little bit. Trey Mann, again, uh, I think he's going to get a real chance with the Hornets. Uh, I think that... You know, with the uncertainty of, of Ball, LaMelo Ball being in and out of the lineup a lot, I think he's going to get a lot of minutes there. They traded Terry Rozier um, earlier in the season. So so I think it's, it's a great chance for Trey Mann to to prove his worth. And he's a restricted free agent in 2025. So he still has, you know, next season to to kind of shine. Avasana Mitzic just never really got consistent minutes playing for uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. And Davies Bertens can still hit uh, threes. And... Yeah, I, I think it's a good move for Gordon getting out of Charlotte because they obviously are going towards the um, the youth movement there with Brandon Miller and some of those young players that they have there. So I think it's it's a good move for him. Um, New York Knicks acquire uh, Daniel House, who's in the last year of a contract, and the Philadelphia 76ers get a 2024 second-round draft pick. I uh, just thought I'd mention that trade as well. Uh, and then the New York Knicks receive Alec Burks last year of his contract. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and then the Detroit Pistons receive Evan Fournier who's been glued to the bench for <laughs> almost two years now with, with the Knicks uh, Malachi Flynn uh, Quinton Grimes and two second round draft picks so Knicks making moves um, Alec Burks is a guy who's played there before he's great player to have off the bench which I think he will do not I think he will come off the bench for the New York Knicks with DiVincenzo and um, Brunson being the starters. And Boyan Budanovich, you have a guy who can step out and knock shots. And then he's going to start for them, I think, until Julius Randle gets back. And then you still have a guy like OG Anunobi who's out. So I think Boyan Budanovich is going to start a bunch of games in the next month, month and a half. And he'll get a chance to prove his worth. And then you also have a guy like Mitchell Robinson who's out, right? So do you go with Randle at the five? Then you have OG at the four and Boyan Bogdanovich at the three and then Brunson and um, DiVincenzo as your backcourt. So so those are those are good problems to have if you're the Knicks. And Alec Brooks, you know, is, you know, is coming off the bench and he can put up 20-25 on any given night with his shooting. So Boyan Bogdanovich adding him. There were rumors that Detroit wasn't willing to part with him. I think this is a smart move. Again, they're going towards that youth movement um, in Detroit, a team that struggled heavily this season. I think this is an excellent trade for the Knicks. They upgrade their starting and they upgrade their bench, especially after um, dealing Quentin Grimes in that trade. So Evan Fournier, we'll see how long he sticks around with Detroit. Malachi Flynn is on his third team this season. Will be interesting to see if he gets minutes in, with the Pistons. I'm not too sure. They're kind of guard heavy as well. So we'll see what happens with him. Quentin Grimes, like I said, is he was a great player off the bench for the Knicks. Um, so they obviously you have to give up something to get something back. So you know, he's he's the kind of the guy that they sacrificed in that trade and, and then two second round draft picks and, and picks are becoming very it's like the thing to have in the NBA now, right? 
we've seen Nikola Jokic getting drafted 50, whatever, six that he, whatever he was in, in the draft. And it's like, if you do your scouting, you have a really good chance of, of, you know, drafting a kid who can make a difference for you in, in two or three years, or at least become a very good role player. We've seen them pass with even late first rounders and, and like Tony Parker and Ginobili's and Michael Reds and, and players like that who have had very long careers, Lou Williams. There, there's been plenty of examples, even if you look in the last two or three seasons with guys who have had really good roles on NBA teams, not huge roles, but guys who do come off the bench and play 20, 25 minutes and produce and get big contracts. So I think those are becoming very valuable going forward. And, you know, the Pistons get two of those. Plus, you know, they'll see what they have. I think Quentin Grimes is going to be a good player for them. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes. Uh, Marcus Sasser is starting to play very well for the Pistons off the bench. Malachi Flynn, we'll see what happens. But there's just like Cunningham is is kind of in and out of the lineup a little bit there. Um, Jaden Ivey as well. So we'll see what, what happens with, with, with how much playing time they get uh, for the rest of this season. Dallas Mavericks receive Daniel Gafford and... The Washington Wizards receive uh, Rayshon Holmes. So, big man again for the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Dallas Mavericks were one of the better teams yesterday. So, they upgraded their center position. They do have Derek Lively, who's still kind of rough around the edges, rookie. Uh, Daniel Gafford is a guy who can block shots, rebound, he can defend, which is exactly what they need. They already have all the offense in Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. So, it's good to have these these filler guys who can you know, fill the, uh, who can do the small things. So I think that that's what they thought that they had with Grant Williams, who apparently rubbed people the wrong way. And then they sent him packing, which I'll, I'll get to that trade down, um, a few trades from now. So, um, Gafford is, I mean, the Wizards aren't going anywhere. Rayshon Holmes was a guy who averaged around 14 and eight or nine. I want to say two, three seasons ago, and he's kind of fallen off since then I thought the move Dallas signing him or if I can't remember if they signed him or traded for him, but I thought that was a good move for him uh, because he would be playing along with guys like Luca. I thought he would get a lot of easy buckets and with guys like Kyrie obviously hasn't worked for him. So I, I think that this is a great move for the Dallas Mavericks. We'll see what happens with Holmes. Does he get waived? Does he stay in, in Washington? That's just, kinda, that's just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind. And Daniel Gafford still does have two years left. Um, uh, Rachel Holmes has a player option. Uh, Toronto Raptors received Spencer Dinwiddie, who was waived, and Dennis Smith Jr., who's in the last year of his contract. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets received uh, Dennis Schroeder and Thaddeus Young. So <clears throat> the Raptors obviously starting to blow it up a little bit now. So they have a core, I would say a core three that they can build around in Scotty Barnes, RJ Barrett, and I would say Emmanuel Quickly. I think Emmanuel Quickly has surprised a lot of people with his play in Toronto. Even though Nick fans knew what he was about, and they were, you know, sadder to see Emmanuel quickly leave than they were uh, with RJ Barrett. But I think even RJ's been excellent for the Raptors uh, in the games that he has played, and Emmanuel quickly as well, having the ball more in his hand and running the offense more so than he did in New York, I think has suited him very well. So they have that three players that they can build around going forward, and the rest are are kind of expendable, or you know, you need to add those uh, role players around those guys, but. Spencer Dinwiddie, like I said, he's he's being waived. He's gonna he's targeted with some teams. He was at the Dallas New York Knicks game, I th- I believe last night. So, um, that's just something to keep an eye on. And and Dennis Smith Jr. He's in the last year of his deal, so he can come off the bench and and run the offense. I, I assume he's gonna stay with the club. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, they get Brooklyn Nets get a 
energetic guy, willing to go to the hoop. He can really get down and play defense a little bit. And then Thaddeus Young is, is in the last year of his contract, so uh, he's a great veteran to have around, uh, especially the young team that, that the Brooklyn Nets do have, and they're going to be fighting for um, the playoffs and seeding. So I think that's a really good get for them as well. <clears throat> Next trade, Dallas Mavericks receive P.J. Washington, who has two more years left, and the Charlotte Hornets receive Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and a first-round draft pick. So again, uh, Dallas Mavericks adding another big man in P.J. Washington. I like this trade as well. Like I said, I thought Dallas did a really good job yesterday of replenishing the lineup a little bit. Uh, P.J. Washington, who signed a new deal with the uh, Charlotte Hornets this offseason, hasn't really worked out for him. Uh, it's just been a bad season for Charlotte, so there's not many players who have been really good for them apart from Brendan Miller and, and LaMelo Ball when he's been on the court, so... Uh, I think a change of scenery and, and Miles Bridges. But this change of scenery does that's good for him. He's going to be thrown onto a team that's ready to contend right now. And they have real playoff ambitions. And if he can produce what he did, I think, with with the Charlotte Hornets this season, I think that'd be great for them. So, you know, you're looking for, for Daniel Gafford to give you <clears throat> maybe 13-8. and eight, And if you can get around 15-16, I think for... PJ Washington and seven, eight rebounds. I think that'd be awesome. And then the rest of the scoring, you have Kyrie and Luca who can, they can take care of that. So uh, you have that. And then Grant Williams to the Charlotte um, Hornets, three more years. So he signed this off season with the Dallas Mavericks, uh, gives them some playoff experience for a team that's kind of looking to rebuild. I wonder what his status is going to be with the team going forward. Like in the off season, I think that they can look to trade him to, to yet another contender. I think that he's, a player who can be a very valuable asset for a team that's trying to contend. And honestly, Charlotte is in that team right now. So I think they hang on to him for, for this season. And then the summer, they they maybe look to flip him for picks and then maybe some, some more younger players. Seth Curry, you obviously get a, an outstanding shooter and the first-round draft pick who, that can become uh, very valuable down the road. Uh, Phoenix Suns receive Royce O'Neal and David... Rudy and then the Brooklyn Nets received three second round draft picks Memphis Grizzlies pick swap Utah Watanabe Jordan Goodwin and uh, Chimize Metu so I'm not the the Grizzlies part I, I I believe those are the three players that re they received I haven't really looked into this trade too much and I should have but I really didn't um basically on the Phoenix Phoenix side they're just looking to get guys who can defend a little bit and hit threes. Uh, so Royce O'Neal kind of fits that mold. Um, David, David Rudy with the Memphis Grizzlies not really going anywhere this season is a good player to have off the bench. Um, so yeah, Phoenix added in, in that sense, but I, I still think that they have way too much offense and just not enough guys who can get out and guard. So... I mean, I don't know. I just think that there's a lot of other teams who have been positioned much better in the West. I think Denver is better positioned. I think Minnesota is a little bit better positioned, especially with, you know, when you get to crunch time, they can play defense. They can throw different guys at you who are defensively very good and sound. I think OKC is, I don't know if OKC is better positioned than Phoenix Suns because they don't have a lot of um, experience on the team, but it, it's still a team that you have to worry about, right? So 
Um, that's just something to take in, into consideration. Uh, but I, I mean, the Suns went out and, and you know got a guy Royce O'Neal from from the from the Brooklyn Nets who can who can make a difference defensively and anything that you get on from him offensively is a bonus. And I think Phoenix went into this season signing a lot of a lot of the a lot of the uh, like minimum wage players or not so uh, big names that they signed were guys who they expected to do a certain job defensively and then whatever they they give you offensively you take as a bonus so I think some of those guys they already got rid of like the Watanabe's and the Goodwins those guys so just interesting how they're trying to build this team you know they have all the firepower with Beal, Booker and Durant and now they're just looking to add guys who can give you defensively a little bit more they obviously have um, Nurkic there and, and Grayson Allen's been really good for them this season Eric Gordon can knock down his shots but again it's almost all offense right very little defense uh philadelphia 76 to receive campaign in the second round draft pick in 2027 milwaukee bucks received patrick beverly so i think that the bucks needed a little bit more defense defensive uh defensively oriented players and i think they get some of that in patrick beverly uh, i still think that they have a long way to go uh this team isn't looking as good as i thought that they would when they acquired um dame They've already fired one coach. Doc Rivers is there now. They got blown out by I think thirty last night. So and I and I know that Dame didn't play in that game, but they've been losing by twenty plus with Dame in the lineup. So um yeah. I think they have some questions going forward. They're rumored to be interested in a bunch of different players. Obviously the only one that they got here is, is Patrick Beverly um going forward. And then there's some minor trades that happen with the Indiana Pacers um they get Doug McDermott for um Marcus Morris who's waived and a second round draft pick so there that's the trade that I was um talking about there uh, Doug McDermott has played with the um with the Pacers before so he's kind of back to uh, where he's been and I think Marcus Morris will be a player that playoff teams look at uh, when it comes down to when it comes down to crunch time uh, Sacramento Kings received Robin Lopez who was later waived I'm not sure what the Milwaukee Bucks got in that probably a second round draft pick then you have the 76ers receiving a second round draft pick for Jaden Springer who is going to Boston Celtics I was a big Jaden Springer guy when he came out of Tennessee and I thought this season was going to be the season where he got a ton of minutes and he proved his worth. And it hasn't been like that. It'll be interesting to see if he does get any minutes with Boston, though, because they are kind of set with the uh, backcourt position. So it'll be interesting if they can kind of sneak him in there um, and give him some minutes. Portland Trailblazers received Delano Banton. Boston Celtics receive a second-round draft pick, which is heavily protected. Indiana Pacers receive Corey Joseph. Golden State Warriors receive a second-round draft pick. Corey Joseph was waived later on. Um, so now I wanted to look at the teams that kind of, not winners and losers, but just kind of go through some of the teams at this trade deadline and what they did and what they didn't do. I think Boston Celtics pretty much stood pat, but I don't think that they needed to add much. I think that they're okay. Uh, Cavaliers are in, in a weird position. Like we've seen this team last year in the playoffs get rolled. 
and they didn't really add anything. I think the Knicks did an excellent job. Um, Bucks didn't really do much. Philadelphia 76ers, again, it's tough for Philly to do anything because they don't know the entire Embiid situation. Uh, Magic, I'm surprised that they didn't add, and I'm just kind of going for, through the standings here, like one to one to ten or whatever. Surprised they didn't add a veteran with the young with the young team that they have. Um, I thought that they would add maybe a guard or a, a two way forward player. Uh, Miami stood pat. I think that they're happy with what they have currently, and that's okay. Bulls standing pat is interesting as well because we've been talking about them blowing it up for like two seasons now so them and Atlanta were two interesting teams uh, although the rumors are that Trey Young could be available this offseason DeJounte Murray staying there I'm not too surprised I'm surprised that Bogdan Bogdanovich stayed because I think that he could have helped a lot of teams uh, you know like a bench player he's one of the premier six men in this league so I'm surprised that they um, that they kept him and that they didn't deal him in, in a trade and like the Brooklyn Nets, I think a lot of people had Brooklyn being really good this season. And they just haven't really lived up to that. There was a bunch of rumors about Mikel Bridges possibly leaving. He stays pat as well. So um, make what you will of that. I think that they still want to build around him and surround him with talent. But we'll see. I think this this season is going to be crucial for the Nets going forward. I don't think Mikel Bridges is a, guy, is a number one guy that you can kind of build around. So do they go out and maybe they acquire that number one guy going forward? That's something that we're going to have to see going down the road. Um, Minnesota Timberwolves didn't do anything. I think they're happy where they are. Denver Nuggets, I thought that they would add maybe a little bit of more backcourt help or a, a 3 and D defender like a Royce O'Neal um, or Dorian Finney-Smith. Although looks like Finney-Smith's... They were asking, Brooklyn was asking for a lot, up to like two or three draft first-round draft picks for, for Dorian Finney-Smith. Oklahoma City Thunder, like I, I had mentioned earlier, they added Gordon Hayward, which I thought was a really good move. I think the Clippers have a great team. There's no need to add anything. I think they have the perfect depth. Multiple players at each position for them. It's just the health of Kawhi and Paul George going forward. That's the only thing I think that's stopping them. Phoenix Suns, I think, did as much as they could, really. Uh, New Orleans Pelicans stood pat for the most for the most part um, Kings Dallas I think the team that did the most uh, adding the two big men and I think that they're ready to compete the Lakers again I, I don't think that the Lakers have that bad of a team I really don't I think we're making too much of this like when you have two of the top 10 top 15, whatever players on your current team, you're pretty good going forward. And even the guys that they have around them are are decent. D'Angelo Russell, I thought I thought them re-signing him this offseason was a mistake because D'Angelo Russell barely played against the Denver Nuggets due to his inability to guard anyone. And you re-sign him and now everyone is hyped because he's had, you know, um, 10, ma 10 games where he played really well. But he can have the, the next team, the next 10 could be the worst 10 games of his career. I think that's the thing with him. They have Austin Reeves who can go off. They have Rui Hachimura. They have Torian Prince who's been pretty good for them, at least shooting threes. They have, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is a decent team. And then you add AD and LeBron to that. And it's just how you're using the players, right? Like, Rui plays. 30 minutes some games and then he plays 15 in others 
and I understand Vanderbilt's been injured, but if you're banking on Vanderbilt, like being that, that tipping point of if you're doing really well or really poor, then I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. And for them, it's been injuries, and I understand. Gabe Vincent's played like five games this season. And it's an issue because that's another veteran that's coming from that came over from Miami with the playoff experience, with playing in the finals last year, who could have helped this team. But it is what it is. And again, if you have two of the top 10 players on your team, you have to be able to contend. You have to be able to contend. And they didn't really do anything. I don't know how much better they honestly could have gotten adding anyone. Because if you're adding a guy like DeJounte Murray, you're still going to have to trade a guy like Rui Hachimura. And then now you really don't have any any size going forward. Like Christian Wood's been up and down as 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 up and down as it gets. Jackson Hayes is like an okay backup, I guess. Like I don't know what you expected from these guys. So that's just kind of my opinion on it. Uh Utah Jazz were in an interesting position. I think that they coming into this season, they thought that they'd be a really bad team. But they're like one game below 500. They're like, they're fighting for the playoffs. They're in that 10th seed, right? They're tied with the Golden State Warriors. And Golden State Warriors is the next team I want to talk about. <clears throat> Thought that they would trade Andrew Wiggins because Kaminga has really come on in the last like 15, 20 games. He's penciled in as a starter now. Like you can't take him out of the starting lineup anymore. They get Draymond back. Clay's struggling, but Steph hit like 11 threes last night and they're still a they're still a scary team just because they have that experience, and they still have those three guys, and they have they they honestly have a solid foundation just like the Lakers. I mean, they've drafted really well. You look at their starters; they bring off guy like Looney off the bench. Um, Moody, Bozemski, who starts games like they've drafted really well, and their youth is really a part of their rotation. And now they just got to get on a bit of roll, but they've been. They've just been very inconsistent. Very inconsistent. And that's something that they got to nail down if they want to make the playoffs. And I think they can because it's it, it's really up in the air this season. Like they're four, three and a half games behind the Kings for seventh. So, and the Lakers are only a game ahead of them. And I think the Mavericks are going to get better. But the question is, Mavericks are 8th right now. Like, who do I see falling from the Clippers, Suns, and Pelicans? I think maybe Pelicans a little bit. And then Dallas Mavericks get a little bit better. So, that's there's some interesting storylines in, in the West for sure. And I think even the East with like with the whole MB thing right now. And with Milwaukee kind of struggling. And the resurgence of the Knicks and the Cavaliers. And the Pacers should get going now as well. And... You're always scared of the Miami Heat, and then you have the younger teams like the Magic. Like, there's a lot going on in, in both conferences. So, you know, that's it. Now teams are going to have to look at the buyout market and see who the players who were waived were and how they fit into the lineups and, and things like that, which is we're getting to that nitty-gritty now where, where players are, um, you know, looking for the best home. And, yeah, that was kind of an eventful... Um, trade deadline and I think it was consistent throughout the entire day like when there was a trade it felt like there was two or three trades in like a matter of 15 minutes and then there was nothing for like half an hour and there was another like two like it was very very steady throughout the entire day so that was the episode for today 
Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can catch this episode on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Pocket Cast, or Radio Public. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch up again down the road. Take care. 